The Maple Leafs make some line changes to their top six ahead of tonight's Leafs-Panthers matchup. Will it get Mitch Marner going offensively? Well, we're going to talk about it on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leaves podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano, host of the show, along with my co-host Dave Morsuti. We are a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. You can find us wherever you get your pods from. Or also, you can subscribe to us on YouTube. That would be greatly appreciated. we got new content coming out to you each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app. And use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. What's going on, Dave? How you been? Doing all right. Doing all right. I'm glad that our suggestion for the lease lasted a good old 24 hours. Yep, yep, yep. If you missed yesterday's show, we did come out and, I mean, it's this isn't a new topic by any means, but we felt that it was time to make a, a swap in the top six. It's interesting, though, because we, we felt that maybe Keith wouldn't want to tinker with the second line, which was true. He did come out and say that the reason why he was so hesitant to make the move to flip Marner and, and Nylander, which is what ended up happening, was because how well that second line is playing, but ultimately decided to make that switch. So the top six going to look a little different tonight against the Florida Panthers. Uh, Mitch Marner moving down to play with John Tavares and uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. And then you'll have Mitch Mar- uh, Matthews alongside William Nylander and Matthew Nyes. Do you like the move, Dave? Do you like it? I mean, I, I don't mind changing something that's not working, right? We... We came into the season saying that we weren't crazy of the idea of Matthews and Marner playing together. We understood why they were doing it, but we'd rather see that we'd rather see that dual split, right? And I think personally I wanted to see this happen earlier, like we went to start the season, right? Cuz now it was hard to justify making this move because Nima is playing so well. But for me, People are saying, oh, the second line's been playing so good. There's no reason why Will Nylander can't still play well because he's playing with Austin Matthews. It's not like right. <laughs> it's not like it's a demotion for William Nylander. If anything, it kind of speaks a little bit to how good he's been playing. That the coach is like, all right, I'm gonna throw you with, with Austin Matthews, and you're gonna provide a little bit of a boost to that line. Yeah, absolutely. Like I I, I don't look at this at all as you know, uh, uh this is going to hurt anyone like this is only going to be beneficial i think for everyone involved like even you know mitch marner and john tavares we've seen in the past those two play really really well together like uh, a couple of years ago um when he and and tavares were together jt had his best career season what have 47 48 goals that year his first season in toronto and that was when those two were playing alongside each other uh matthews and and nylander last year they were a plus 13 
um, when they were on the ice together. They outscored at five on five alone. They outscored the opposition like thirty to seventeen. So, you know, I think that this this can work. It's we've seen it work in the past, and look, they had to do something because the this 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 team is built for them to get production from the top and they were not getting that. And there's a reason why they were basically a 500 team through the first 20 games of the season. And it's because, you know, Mitch Marner, okay, there was games there where he was picking up points, you know, and stretches. He had that, those back-to-back games were at eight points, but ultimately he, he has, he's been a shell of himself. Even he said it after the, the Pittsburgh game, he hasn't been, playing at his best and 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 we all know it and we all see it so you got to do something to get that guy going and if that means kind of flipping him with john tavares uh, or flipping him with nylander to get playing with tavares here's the other thing that i think that helps with mitch too now he doesn't have to go up against the team's you know number one matchup duo right whether it's the top defensive pair or the matchup uh line matchup trio forward unit because now they're going to be stuck against nylander Matthews and Nyes, which should free up Mitch Marner a little bit to, you know, be the Mitch Marner that he could be. Yeah, exactly. Right. The, the, the little bit of the spotlight right now, the spotlight is like really bright on Mitch Marner. He admits he's not playing well. He's trying, you know, he needs maybe to just bring a better attitude on the ice. Almost pretty much what he said after practice today. So, you know what? Yeah. It's not the, it's not the worst thing to be on the second line, right? Like, there's a lot of teams that move their top players off the top line. Half I mean, th- this is like a one A one B too, though, right? Like, that's that's the other thing that we do need to like consider, I guess. Like, it's not as though this second line isn't going to end up with twenty minutes a night. No, it's not, right? Like, both both. If you look at the last game against Pittsburgh. Nylander played 26 minutes. Marner and Matthews were like the 23 range. Like, it's not like Matthews and Marner are all of a sudden now. Uh, Marner's not going to play like, no, 18 minutes or 16 minutes. We know that Sheldon Keefe is still going to get him out there quite a bit, right? His ice time isn't going to change. And in a lot of ways, he's probably going to get more favorable matchups, as you mentioned, right? Because of the way you know he likes to deploy Tavares and Bertuzzi, he's probably going to put them more offensive situations. So that's only going to benefit Mitch Marner more. It's like I think this actually helps. If you're Mitch Marner, you're kind of yeah, you like to play with Austin Matthews, but you should be happy that the coach is like, you know what, we need to get you going. We're not going to do what <laughs> some other people suggested, which was to put him on the third line. I don't know if you saw that. That's, that's outrageous. That is an outrageous comment. Yeah, like. It's not like it's just one guy flipping from the other. It's not like a huge. That's why I said it wouldn't be. I wouldn't have been surprised if Sheldon Keith eventually did it. I'm just a little surprised it happened like this quickly, just because it hasn't really been gone the legs until what Saturday night. Yeah, but we're 20 games in, and and there hasn't really been a stretch. Like there's been a game or two where we've been like, okay, there's there's the Marner Matthews duo coming to light. But there's been way too many games where you know you you afterwards we're getting on here and we're like, man, those guys were invisible tonight. Like that shouldn't be the case ever. Like there should be one or two games where they are invisible as opposed to one or two games where they dominate. And I think that's the problem. They're just. For whatever reason, they're just not playing well this season. And, and I, I couldn't really put my finger on it as to why, um, but it's just not working. They're a, a negative uh, one when they're on the ice together. 
at five on five. It's just they're they're fishing pucks out of their net and they're not scoring nearly as much. I think Sheldon Keefe even said for whatever reason, like offense is dying on their sticks. Like this doesn't happen. These are two of the best offensively driven players in the NHL to be very like one and done often in the offensive end is, is not what makes this team in this duo drive. Like what allowed them to have so much success over the last couple of years is that they weren't one and done. They were, you know, applying tremendous pressure, waves of pressure with like two, three, four shots in any given shift. And then eventually they would wear down their opponents to the point where they, you know, put in the back of the net, not quite happening this year. So, uh, you know, the, the change was definitely, I think, welcomed. And certainly I believe this is most beneficial to Mitch Marner um, more than anyone else. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. It's it's a tough you know, matchup tonight against the Florida Panthers. It's a team that beat them earlier this year. So they're going to give them a bit of a different look. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what comes of it. Hopefully, you know, we can have a, a bit of a point night. I believe it's going to be Stolarz in net. So no Bobrovsky. Uh, so should be an opportunity for this team to maybe get it going offensively. And, and hopefully that's, you know, swap of Nylander and Marner definitely gets things going. Looks like everything else is pretty much the same. I think Ryan Reeves might slot back into the lineup here tonight. So no 11 and seven, that's not expected at least based on uh, what we saw happen in practice uh, on Monday. But um, we did get to hear from the general manager, which doesn't happen very often mid season, usually only when there's uh, you know updates to some major situations. So there was a bit of a John Klingberg update. So why don't we regroup? We'll come back and we'll get into what uh, Brad Trilliving had to say about Klingberg and the injury that he has uh, sustained here that's caused him to be out and placed on LTIR. But before we get into all that, Dave, I want to tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors. And it's our good friends over at Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Matthews could score 50 goals. The Leafs could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. The official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports. And especially daily fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Matthews or Marner or Nylander, Tavares, Crosby, McKinnon, whatever star you want to choose, if they can record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in any given game. To win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Leaf fans. You can win 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Welcome back into the Locked On at Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. Leafs, uh, it's a Leafs game day. They've got the Florida Panthers coming to town. We'll break that down in just a couple of moments here. But first, let's get into uh, you know what Brad Trilliving had to say. Like I said, it's not too often we hear from the general manager in the middle of the season unless there's you know a big trade that goes down or a big update of some sort or you know the deadline. We always hear from them. But it's not too, too often. So it was kind of perked my ears when I saw Brad Chilliving was, was going to speak with the media uh, on Monday afternoon after practice. 
what did you make of Tree Living's um, impromptu press conference, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, Brad Tree Living wasn't going to throw out any like major sort of things in these press conferences. I think, you know, it's just good to save face in a lot of ways. I mean, mostly talking about Klingberg, that was the one that got the most attention. Basically confirming what the reports were. I think Dreger was the one that said that he got injured, like Klingberg got injured in Florida. Florida, yeah. You now know it's a hip injury. So now that mysterious ailment actually has some confirmation of what it is. So now they got to wait yeah. and see if the if surgery is required and if surgery is required that's like what a four to six months maybe even more six months minimum i think it could be the season man like it could be season if it's surgery it's probably season ending surgery i think that to me and again i have no inside information on on or i'm not you know a a hip doctor i don't know exactly but i'm pretty sure that that's probably what's holding up like knowing whether or not it's going to be season ending or not. If he needs surgery, that's probably it for Klingberg in Toronto. If, if he doesn't, then maybe they, you know, reevaluate things in, in six weeks or so and see where it's at. Um, so he's currently seeing a specialist uh, and, and I guess they're going to get an opinion on whether or not surgery is needed. But if it is the case, yeah, I, I believe that would be, uh, you know, curtains for Klingberg in Toronto. Like when Kucherov had his surgery, I believe it was like eight to ten. Yeah, months. it was like nine months. Yeah, it was like a, it? It was the whole regular season. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I don't know. Now I'm trying to do math in my head. Like, I mean, it's like eight, eight, oh, yeah, like seven months ish. Yeah. Right. And so that, that to me is the big one there. He, I know there was also a little bit of the, oh, they did it so they wouldn't have to worry about his cap hit so they can add in all that stuff. But like that's that's usually what it takes for an, a, an injury like that. Matt Murray dealing with a hip injury too. He's out the whole, pretty much the whole year. Yeah. So there was that. But the other one too is they were talking, I guess they were asking him about like, you know, what are you looking, are you like looking for things on the trade market? Obviously they got to wait to know what, Klingberg's long-term status is before they can go out and make a trade, as you mentioned the other day. But he's th- he said this, and I'm going to quote Luke Fox here because he put down, the idea that you're always going to trade yourself out of issues isn't realistic. And to me, I, I found that to be quite an interesting line because he also admits the blue line is the focus. He's been like, even before the season, the blue line was something he wanted to address. Yeah. But then when he goes in and says, you're not going to trade yourself out of issues, it's like, well, the issues were kind of created because the blue line wasn't addressed properly in the offseason. Yeah, there's there's no one on the Marlies that's going to come up and and transform this blue line. They don't have a blue chip prospect who's blossoming down there that's going to come and make a difference here like this. They have to find an external solution to their blue line. Yeah, and I get what he is trying to say. You can't always trade your way out of problems, but you also need to find a way to solve the problems. And because, as you said, there's no internal solutions, put two and two together. Like teams that have defensemen, they're saying, oh, yeah, Toronto will pony up because they need to. The issue, too, is the Leafs don't exactly have a lot of draft capital to just throw out there, too. 
Yeah, there's not a lot of draft or or prospects capital either, um, which is unfortunate. Like they're probably going to have to give up a, a decent amount of of what they have. Uh, maybe Minton could get traded twice in uh, in in a week span or so. Because he did ju- just get traded from uh, was he traded from Portland to the Saskatoon Blades? Mm. He's he named captain. Gets sent down. He's there for like three weeks, and then <laughs> ends up getting traded. Uh, Poor Minton, but um, yeah, no, I it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what how this all plays out. I, I ultimately I think he knows he has to make a trade. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's just saying that just to buy himself some time, um, because nothing maybe nothing's close right now. Yeah. Um, so that, that could be the reason why he's he's saying that. But ultimately, he knows like this this blue line as constructed cannot compete. It is not a competitive enough blue line. Like you've got. Mark Giordano playing your top four. The guy's 40 years old, man. Like, that's just, it's not going to cut it. He he shouldn't even be an everyday NHLer at this point, let alone playing top four minutes, playing 18 minutes a night, playing on the penalty kill. It just, it's, it's, he's going to get run down again. And what we saw happen last year in the playoffs where the wheels fell off, like, you can't afford for that to happen, whether he's playing top four or even third pair of minutes, he can't afford that to happen. So, you know, they got to find a way to uh, to get some depth on this blue line for sure and and find someone who, you know, can play in the top four, whether that is Adora, whether that's Chris Tanev, whether that's, you know, the the other names that we mentioned on our, our podcast uh, last week. And go check that out if you like. We, we did go Black Friday shopping for some potential defensemen um, on our Friday show if you want to check it out. Uh, but there's, you know, there's options out there, you know, for the Maple Leafs to – to go after um, who can fit the bill of what we're looking for, you know, defensive defensemen, big body, physical, preferably a right shot uh, defenseman as well. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of guys out there who fit the bill, whether or not the Maple Leafs want to pay the price is a bit of a different story, obviously. And whether or not, you know, teams are willing to move on from guys like is Brad Pesci available. I don't know that team, you know, they want to win a Stanley cup too. So are they willing to get rid of a top four defenseman uh, for picks and prospects? I, I, I don't know. Well, I guess that remains to be seen, but uh, yeah, trail Living's going to be working the phones for the next little bit. A deal will get made. Ultimately, I think for Klingberg, it sounds like he's going to be out for the year. Like everything I'm hearing and, and reading from, uh, you know, experts and insiders and, um, uh, you know, reporters is they're getting the sense that that's going to be it for John Klingberg, which means they've got cap space now to make the deal. Again, nothing is official, obviously, but it sounds like it's going to be leaning that way, in which case, yeah, Tree Living is going to start taking a peek and now that he has space could probably make a deal at some point soon. So uh, that is something to keep an eye on, obviously over the next little bit. Uh, So it was good to hear from tree living at the very least. Um, So hopefully something does happen relatively soon with that blue line. All right, Dave, let's take uh, one more quick break. When we get back, let's preview tonight's game Leafs and Panthers back in Toronto. It's been a while since the Leafs have played a game on, uh, on their home ice. So uh, I guess it'll be nice to to get back into the home building or not because the last home stand actually didn't go too well, if I recall correctly. Um, but hopefully they can you know change that with these new look lines. All right, we'll come back. We'll tee up tonight's game. 
And uh, before we get to it, though, why don't you tell the good folks about one of our new show sponsors? Yes, today's show is brought to you by Collective. If you run a solo small business, you're an army of one, but you still need a CPA, bookkeeper, separate payroll solution, and more. Let Collective take care of the paperwork while you take care of your business. Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs that lets you focus on your passion, not your paperwork. Let Collective handle all the paperwork you dread, like corporate formation, compliance, taxes, bookkeeping, accounting, and even payroll. The best part, it's at a fraction of the cost of a CPA. Collective knows that if your business of one makes over 80000 a year, you'll find the most value from their services. Join the thousands of solo entrepreneurs who have saved an average of $10,000 per year on taxes with their structure. Right now, Collective is offering one month free and no onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash NHL and tell them Lockdown NHL sent you. That's a $550 value for free when you go to collective.com. That's collective.com slash NHL and tell them Lockdown NHL sent you. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. We are hosts here at Locked On Leafs, a daily Maple Leafs centric podcast, which you can find wherever you get your pods at. Also up on YouTube. New uh, new episodes coming out uh, every weekday, Monday through Friday. So make sure that you are uh, subscribed and tuned into what's going on with the Leafs here on the Locked On Leafs podcast. Uh, got a game tonight. Back in action, Maple Leafs hosting the Florida Panthers, who will be on their second leg of a back-to-back. Dave, they're in uh, they're in Ottawa Monday night. I mean, I guess you know, peek behind the curtain. We're recording this prior to that game being played, so you no, know, unsure what's happening in that game, obviously. But you know, they've lost a couple here in a row. The Florida Panthers have lost to the Bruins, lost to the Jets, so a couple of good teams. And now they're going up against the uh, the the Ottawa Senators prior to coming in and taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Panthers took the earlier meeting between these two clubs. It was 3-1 back in Florida, which ironically, I guess, was the, the game in which John Klingberg originally got his injury, uh, according to reports. Uh, how you feel about tonight's game here, Dave? Florida is always a tough tough matchup for Toronto, especially in Toronto. Luckily, no Alex line this time because we I remember <laughs> the last time I saw the Leafs play the Panthers, Alex line was a net. This was before the whole right playoffs obviously. Well, uh, no Bobrovsky either because it looks like Bobrovsky is going to start this game against Ottawa, so it's it's probably going to end up being Anthony Stolar's in goal. And yeah. I, I can't tell if that's a good or a bad thing because, I mean, the Leafs just tend to get goalied by crap goalies, like random, you know, run-of-the-mill journeyman goaltenders. Just they play the game of their lives when they're in Toronto. Always. Yes. Always. Yeah, and, you know, they're healthier now, right? Aaron Eckblad's back. Brandon Montour is back. Yeah. Reinhardt's been their arguably their best player this year, right? Yeah really stepped up contract year for him so i mean this panthers team thought they were going to take a bit of a step back because you looked at their roster and you're like how are they going to keep things going but credit the group credit paul maurice he's kept that that team afloat during a very tough period i guess i mean the ekblad and montour injuries weren't as bad as initially thought like i heard december they were going to come back i mean it's 
nearly end of November. So I guess the timeline wasn't too far off, but you know, they survived it, man. They survived it. Like there's, they were second in the division when, uh, when they returned to the ice, bring up their, uh, bring up the lines so we can take a look and, and have a visual of what the lines look like over on, on daily face off. Um, because yeah, I, I think that, you know, this is a, this is a good squad and it's going to be a tough test, right? Like you, you look at the last couple of games that Toronto's played and it's been against, you know, some teams that aren't really in the playoff hunt as of now, like Chicago, definitely not Pittsburgh. Yeah. They might end up there at the end, but like this is a legitimate squad, a, a really, really good team. So Toronto you know, this is a, a much bigger and better test for them than they had uh, the last couple of games since coming back home from Sweden. Um, so we're taking a look at the lineup right now. So you look at the top six, you know, Evan Rodriguez having a pretty good year alongside Sasha Barkov and Sam Reinhardt, who is just having an outstanding season. He's got 13 goals, 25 points on the year. Like he's having uh, one heck of a season. He's going to be, you know, someone to keep your eyes on tonight if you're the Maple Leafs. Yeah, um, I I had him in one of my fantasy teams, and like that was a true pickup on my behalf because I think it's I think we have him in in the, the team that on. we managed. Yeah, the locked on Leafs league that we managed together. Yeah, so they're like he's which we're in first place, by the way. Nice. Yeah, Mike <laughs> and I just you know run shop there, so like they've he's looked really good. And then, like, even, like, Matthew Kachuk hasn't looked – like, last year was a really good year for him. He's taking a step back a little bit this year. I wonder if there's a little bit of fatigue from, you know, the year the year before that, the playoff run. He was, like, pretty much on his, like at the end of his rope in that playoff round. Like, he still has 17 points in 20 games. Not bad, but only three goals. So, we yeah. Already- I guess look for Matthew Kachuk to have a big night because that's usually what happens against the Leafs. That could also happen. I mean, if they're in they're in Ottawa tonight, the battle of the Kachuks. I mean, if the, that would be a good night for for both those two to kind of rise up against one another, and potentially that's you know <laughs> that's the spark that Matthew Kachuk gets uh, this year. I I could see that being the case. Um, I'm just taking a look. Let me let me take a, a peek at the numbers when it comes to Matthew Kachuk because. I wouldn't be shocked if like, you know, this guy, yeah, okay, the 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 goals aren't falling like they were a year ago, but you know, they're still I mean, yeah, he's so he's putting up more shots per 60 than he did a year ago. And in terms of individual expected goals, he's slightly down, but he's got a shooting percentage of three and a half percent at five on five. No compared, way. It, it, no, that's not staying put. Like he was twelve percent last year, sixteen percent the year before. Like this guy's a like roughly twelve to thirteen percent shooter. So, you know, based on where he should be, probably times that by four. So three times four should probably have roughly twelve goals. Uh, is is about where he might you know should be uh, compared to the way that he's played and and you know the shot totals that he's been able to put up. So yeah, it's it's, it's a matter of time before Matthew Kachuk wakes up, but. The fact that this team is is 12, 7, and 1, and Kachuk only has three goals, I mean, that is kind of worrisome if you're the Maple Leafs because, again, we expect for that guy to come through at some point, and that's just going to make them even better. Uh, the bottom six, they've got E2, Lusterainen, Anton Lundell, and uh, Nick Cousins. Don't like that guy. Uh, Ryan Lomberg, Kevin Stenland, and Jonah 
Gadjevich makes up the fourth line for the Panthers. Let's take a look at the D pairings that they've got deployed out in Florida. You've got Gus Forsling with the returning Aaron Ekblad, Nico Mikula, big body defenseman with Brandon Montour. And then uh, the third pair, they've got Dmitry Kulikov and OEL, Oliver Ekman Larson, um, who I think has been a, actually a decent pickup for them. Like, OEL, when he was making big money out in, in Vancouver, okay, that didn't quite work, making six mil and, you know, playing a, a, a top pair role. Like, that just didn't work. OEL making two sheets on your third pair, that's a pretty good pickup. That, that's one that maybe, you know, if you were willing to pay a little bit more, maybe OEL could have been a, a better solution than John Klingberg. Yeah, five goals on the season, 11 points in 20 games. Uh, playing, he was playing well. Like he's averaging right now over 22 minutes a game. But I think with when Montour and Ekblad was that were out, he was playing a lot more than that. Yeah. And well, I think that's why that's why he that's why his numbers are 22 minutes a game. I, I suspect those to go down now right. that they're back, right? So they have. I mean, yeah, they have gone down since. Um, like they're in the un- like in a like the 18, 17, 18 minute range. Yeah. Makes Which sense. is crazy because he went from playing 28 minutes one night to playing like 18 minutes. Like it's just crazy. That's, that's but that's that's when you have depth and you can slot guys in properly like that. Like that's why you have success, right? So Oliver Ekman Larson, you don't love him playing 24, 25 minutes a night, but if you could get a, an Oliver Ekman Larson playing at the way that he's playing, uh, and and you know getting a, a solid 16, 17 minutes out of him which is exactly what he's played since Ekblad and Montour have returned the last four games. That's what you want. And, and that's, I mean, that's why the Leafs were interested in him, right? Because mm-hmm. lower in the lineup, he looks a little bit better than, you know, a John Klingberg. So really, it's all OEL's fault that John Klingberg ended up in Toronto because he wasn't the first option. I will say this too, like Brandon Montour, the guy comes back from a serious injury. First night he comes back, he plays over 24 minutes. So expect to see a lot of that guy. All right. Who's who's the one player on the opposition that you're locked locked into tonight? Um Matthew Kachuk. It's gotta be Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be Kachuk. He's gonna try to be a, a you know pain in the rear. I think him and Reinhardt, like those are the two guys you gotta really keen on because Reinhardt's playing so well. Kachuk knows he's not exactly producing at the level he wants to, but there's other things Matthew Kachuk can do. Oh, yeah. Impact. And yeah. you know that he's going to try to be get on. who, Whether it's the first line or the second line, he's going to try to get under the skin. Now that Sam Bennett, too. Sam Bennett going up against Matthew Nyes for the first time since the injury. Oh, right, because Bennett didn't play in the last game. Nope. That's right. So Bennett didn't play in the earlier October meeting. You think there's a bell to be answered there? I mean, there's only one guy that's supposed to go out and challenge for that bell, and that's uh, and apparently. And apparently, he's going to be in the lineup tonight, Mister Ryan Reeves. So, I mean, this is kind of why you got him, right? Yeah, him or you know, if, if let's say Bennett tries to, some stuff and Max Domi comes about it, I, mean, I think Max would have a thing or two to say to uh, to Sam as well. It's so funny because like. Bennett's a pretty strong guy, you know. I think he's he's, he's turned out to be a you know a, a big boy uh, within the NHL. 
but I'll never forget like the hoopla around the fact that he just couldn't do a pull up at the uh, at the NHL draft or the NHL combine. And now he's turned out to be just like a, an enforcer. Well, not an enforcer, but, you know, a pretty, pretty strong two way type of player uh, does kind of kind of humor me a little bit. Uh, yeah, we'll see if, if we get some fireworks tonight with uh, potentially Sam Bennett, maybe having to look over his shoulder anytime, you know, he's out there on the ice with, you know, one of those guys who are who could potentially be out there, whether it is, you know, Jake McCabe, I think uh, could be someone who could also step up for you and, and, and fight if need be, or uh, Ryan Reeves or Max Domi, like you said, there's a couple dudes who could kind of stick up for Matthew nice. Uh, maybe Matthew nice wants to get his first career fight, you know, and, and, and maybe stick up for himself. Wouldn't that be something? Wow. Calling it right now. If it happens, cause he listened to the podcast and he's like, yeah, you know what? I am going to stick up for myself. Definitely. Definitely. What, uh, what would happen here? Uh, as for Toronto, Dave, give me a player, uh, a player that you're going to be locked in on for the Maple Leafs tonight. Matthew Nice. Matthew Nice. Yeah. Now you got Willie on that line, right? That's 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 a prime opportunity for Matthew Nice to get some less attention on him, more attention on the other guys. That's that's prime opportunity for him. Yeah, I'm I'm be locked in on Mitch Marner. Like you, you look at the the flip flop that we saw happen today, right? Marner on the second line now with Tavares and Bertuzzi. How does he respond to that? Is it going to help him? Are we going to see him get sparked tonight and have himself uh, a successful evening? Lots of production. You know, that's kind of what I'll be locked in on to see. And and, and the body language, right? We saw it was highlighted a lot over the weekend. You know, he was on the ice for uh, two or three goals, I believe, uh, throughout the weekend and you know, pretty down on himself, head, head hung low and, you know, bad body language. Let's see if that can change tonight. If he can find himself on the ice for a lot more goals for than against, I'm sure that would do wonders for, you know, the headspace and the body language. So that's kind of what I'll be looking for and locked in on. How does Mitch Marner respond to the lineup adjustments? That's something that, uh, that I'll be locked into. All right, buddy. Um, anything else before we get, get out of here for the day? Beat the Panthers. We want the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That quite a bit. We want Florida. Remember, we want Florida. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we never, we never said that, but I do recall that being said by some of the fan base, and uh, that quickly blew up in their face, very quickly, within five games. In fact, a week later. Anyways, uh, all right. That'll do it for us here today on the podcast. Um, I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all platforms, uh, including up on YouTube, and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on X at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morris Sudi. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you're watching here on YouTube, we would love if you could Leave a like on this video and, and leave a comment down below as well. That helps with the uh, the algorithm, which definitely helps the show. So that would be greatly appreciated. You can reach out to us on Twitter as well with any comments that you'd like to make about today's show. Uh, we'll be back with another episode for you all tomorrow. We'll break it all down. Leafs and uh, Florida Panthers tonight, 7 o'clock puck drop. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.